Welcome to Thanks Be to Pod. I'm Colby. I'm Nate. And today we have officially met another threshold. Uh, we're, we're rolling a new type of episode where we'll start to do some church features. Ooh. <laughs> are we going to be the Yelp of churches, Colby? Is that what yes. we're going to do? <laughs> yes. As two straight white guys, it makes sense for us to be whining about people on the internet. <laughs> So early on, as we started Thanks Be to Pod, uh, we recognized that church can be kind of frustrating. I guess we knew that before we started the podcast, <laughs> The church is frustrating, it's exclusive. You know, we wrote that into the byline, like our, our little motto has that in there. And um, But, you know, there are expressions of church. There are churches out there that are actually progressive and modern and, dare I say, ethical. Right, and so Nate and I knew... That it'd be important to feature these, to, to not just complain about churches that aren't getting it right, but to also highlight and lift up the churches that seem to be doing things pretty well. Yeah, because let's be honest, it's super easy to just complain. And I know that because I do it all the time. He does. <laughs> I'm such I'm such a complainer. <laughs> and <laughs> and I think I think um we 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 wanted to make time and, and, and provide a space where we can highlight these communities because they exist, but they also are ridiculously hard to find. And so when we do find them, we wanted to put them out there uh, because, you know, we wanted to share them with you, our listeners, who may be in, in within the vicinity of these churches so you can actually go and be a part of them. Even if you do find these kind of churches, it often, I think you'll learn this in today's episode, it takes a lot of courage to step into the building and to see what they're all about. So we kind of want to help you uh, through that process to give you a preview so you don't have to worry about what's on the other side of that door. Right. So without further ado, welcome to our first ever segment of Pass the Plate, where we're going to a church and we do what all people do after going to a spiritual gathering. We grab some food and process what we experienced. So on this episode, I took a short trip down the road from my house to Grace Point Church in Nashville, Tennessee. So I am in my car en route to Grace Point. So I'm feeling a little bit anxious about what their their welcoming tactics are, right? Like, are they going to come find me and give me a welcome card and a mug of coffee? How... How similar is this to experiences I've had in the past? Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to hear this new pastor. I've been in attendance with this church before when they had their last pastor who decided to make the switch to becoming an affirming and inclusive community. So we'll see how this new pastor does. I'm excited um, to, to hear what he has to say. I've seen blips and things on social media as we all do when we look up churches before we go to them and it seems like they've got some good stuff to say over there at Grace Point so hopefully this is something that's scalable I um my my hope whenever I go to a progressive church that seems like it really may be the ticket is uh that it's something that 
you can bring to other cities, to other places, and do something similar. Because, um, good Lord, I know that Nashville is no hub for progressive spiritual community as far as um, being the buckle of the Bible Belt goes. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to see how it goes. I'm so I'm meeting people at Grace Point. I'm meeting some friends of mine who sometimes go there and I can't help but feel anxious too about getting to them as quick as I can. Um, there's something about stepping into a church alone as well that feels a little bit daunting, I think. Um, as as I'm driving towards Grace Point, I can't help but feel anxious that I'm not going to find them, that I'm going to look like that person who is new, who doesn't know anyone, and that's when people are going to come and offer me uh, some form of greeting. Um, I'd be curious to hear what our listeners do in these sorts of circumstances. Are you the type of person that heads on in and maybe strikes up a conversation with someone? Are you the type of person that goes in and just sits down alone in hopes that no one comes over and talks to you? Do you use the phone method? Do you drive the block until closer to service time? Would this never happen to you because you're going to show up late and slip in during the first song? Would you wait in the parking lot until the people you knew were coming? Would you not be caught dead in this situation because you wouldn't want to go try a church alone in the first place? I think we all have tactics and techniques for how we go about handling trying out a new church. All right, we're here. Let's go see what this church is all about. Welcome to Grace Point. We are a progressive Christian church. A safe place to deconstruct or reconstruct. To question and to grow. We are welcoming, affirming, and fully inclusive. Regardless of age, race, sexual orientation, gender identity, physical abilities, or marital or economic status. We strive to rejoice in our belovedness. Serve our community. Respect our differences. And love each other well. We are people who accept and value you for you. We are Grace Point. 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 Grace Point. We are Grace Point. No, just me. We are Grace Point. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. And so I sat through the whole service. I even sang a little under my breath, and then I went home. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I went to the liquor store and then home because going to church deserves a reward every now and then, right? So I just left Grace Point. I got very lucky in the sense that it seems like they've had a lot of new 
people in attendance lately, and so they launched a sermon series this week, which they were calling Core, and essentially their goal is to start running over the next couple of weeks through a lot of the tenets of what they believe. Um, I feel like in order to do them justice, I should say what they believe loosely. They made a large emphasis that everything they hold, they hold with a loose grip in order to ensure that they respect the mystery that is God. I think that's something we can all respect. Um, but it was a really good service. Uh, something, one of my initial gut reactions um, is that certain music, even if it doesn't lyrically have problems, can just be a little bit triggering for me these days simply because songs have been used as a like way of emotionally manipulating me into a very vulnerable state. Um, and, you know, I, I don't mind getting emotional when it comes to me thinking about God. Uh, but yeah, it was, there was something, there was this, a particular song by um, one of our big Christian contemporary worship writers that was played that was a little bit weird for me. Other than that, though, it seemed like they had either some music they had written themselves, which is the benefit of living in Nashville, surrounded by musicians, um, and or else they're just songs I've never heard of before. Everyone was very warm and welcoming, a very diverse um, age range of people, which I really appreciated. And the space was really well lit, which is something that I personally look for nowadays after um, years and years of having the like very dark um, lighting controlled rooms. I, I personally now prefer something where it is brightly lit to me that is just enough of a change from what I was used to in the evangelical church that it makes me comfortable um, that that's certainly just personal preference though I understand and later that same week I got to sit down with Josh Scott Josh is the the lead pastor at Grace Point Church. I came to Nashville from uh, Morgantown, Kentucky, where I spent 14 years leading a um, quote-unquote contemporary Christian church there through a process of deconstruction and inclusion and all those things that you're not supposed to do in rural America. Um, And so I landed here at Grace Point. Uh, on Easter Sunday this year, pretty fresh, and realized after I said, they were like, hey, when you when you want to start? It's like, oh, Easter's a great day. I had, it was a stupid decision, right? I mean, there's so much Easter pressure, and it's your first day, so. As you can tell, Josh is just approaching his first year with the Grace Point community, so I asked him about how Grace Point became what it is today. So Grace Point, uh, you know, um, Stan Mitchell was the founding pastor. Um, and so Grace Point, uh, when Stan founded, it was an evangelical church. Um, when, and I think that when I say that, everybody gets an image in your mind, right, of what an evangelical church is, and that's probably, you know, pretty fair. Uh, and over the years, as Stan went through his own process of deconstruction, Grace Point was um, transformed. Um, re, you know, it was, I think, 2015 when uh, Grace Point came out with an inclusion statement. 
um, which is sort of when everybody became aware. And so, you know, over the past several years, they've been going through sort of um, not just uh, the inclusion um, statement, but also coming around what is, does it mean to be a progressive Christian community? And so uh, a lot of people just stop with that one issue. And it's a very central, important issue. But being a part of a progressive, progressive Christian community is bigger than one issue. It's about the way we see God, the way we see what the Bible is, the way we see what community is and what it means and how we relate to each other. As Josh makes clear, Grace Point as an institution is going through a deconstruction period. And they were doing this under their founding pastor, Stan Mitchell, who sounds like he was going through a bit of a deconstruction of his own at the time. And in September of 2014, Josh, Grace Point's current pastor, meets Stan, the founding pastor, and meets Grace Point for the first time. This would be just about five years before Josh becomes the lead pastor at the church. And so I had to ask, as a pastor currently serving a contemporary church in Kentucky, how do you come across a progressive church like Grace Point an hour and a half away across state lines? So I am a Brian McLaren fanboy. Okay. Like I love <laughs> Brian McLaren. Great. Um, he's such a dear human being. And um, before I knew Brian, I would like just sort of go anywhere I could local, like around me to hear him speak okay. and just try to get a, like touch the hem of his robe or whatever. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Hope Grace, the dust kicks up. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dust of your rabbi, that whole business. And so um, Grace Point had Brian come and on, it was on a Sunday night and, um, brought a bunch of friends down and in that process I called ahead to see if it was okay to like bring people like I didn't know yeah. is this a private event is it a public event so um and I talked to one of the other staff members but when we showed up eventually I met Stan and he was like hell are you from Kentucky and I was like oh yeah he's like yeah I've been reading up on your church website and we just started having a discussion oh my gosh yeah okay. yeah how sweet of him to have been doing that if you're anything like me It sounds kind of like Stan was crushing his job as the pastor of Grace Point. I mean, you have people coming into town to hear a guest speaker that you've invited, and you care about those people coming to town so much that you're reading up on their church. Who would imagine that just a few years down the road, Stan would be planning to leave Grace Point? It's a good thing him and Josh decided to stay in touch. When Stan had decided that it was time for him to sort of transition out of being the lead pastor at Grace Point, um, he knew they were going to start looking for a lead pastor, and he asked me if I would consider interviewing, and there was a whole process there where I interviewed and then didn't know if I was ready and then interviewed again and didn't know if I was ready, and uh, eventually it just became clear. I mean, we'd been doing this work in Kentucky, and it had been hard work. And... Like you might have guessed, this pastor out of Morgantown, Kentucky, becomes the new pastor of Grace Point Church. But we're still left wondering, how does a deconstructing pastor lead an entire church to become fully affirming and inclusive? You know, I think there's probably, if you talk to different people, you get different responses. I think some of what was happening is that people were, just like they are in churches all over the country and all over the world, they were deconstructing in their own experience. Um, and then it started, you know, those conversations started having, like, for example, on LGBTQ inclusion, I think there was like a three-year discussion mm. in the community before they finally moved forward, right? So it wasn't, you know, 2015 was sort of the moment when 
they, you know, Stan got up and said, we're, we're going to, we're not withholding right. full, the full rights of membership from, you know, we're going to include the LGBTQ community in the church completely and fully. Mm-hmm. But that was, the, you know, that was an ongoing discussion for several years. So, you know, like anywhere else, it, it, it never is, it always, we can always point back to these pivotal moments um, where somebody makes a choice, but really that choice was made up by all the little moments. Right. Um, and so Grace Point, I think that 2015 moment in January of inclusion was really being brought about years and years of conversation, of study, of doubt, of questions. And um, that was sort of the moment that got everybody's attention. You know, nobody wants to talk, yeah, nobody wants to talk about all the groundwork that gets laid. It's that big moment where, you know, the big statement gets made. So it's clear that Grace Point has gone through a transition. A transition that wasn't overnight, but rather a messy, gradual, and lengthy one. You can imagine how divisive, how emotional, and how polarizing that transition was. But out of those hard times, out of the dust, something new was formed at Grace Point. And all this talk about moving from evangelicalism to progressivism left me wondering, is there a universal incident that we encounter that sends us down this path towards deconstruction? In a sermon recently, Josh, our our pastor that we're interviewing on this episode, said he's moved on from the language of deconstruction and is using a phrase, the unraveling of faith. Is there a universal incident that we encounter that sends our faith unraveling? It was never just you wake up one day and you're like, you know, everything I thought I knew about God, Jesus, the Bible, church, human beings, all that stuff doesn't work anymore. It was always for me like little moments of encountering a human being that broke my categories that sent me back to the Bible. And then I saw something in the Bible that like, I'd never seen that before. And that doesn't make sense. And, and you know, you, you start taking classes. Like one of the things they told me, you know, was that um, when I took classes, Bible classes at a public university, it was that it was a slippery slope and they were totally right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was so much fun. I kind of like, right? I just yeah. wanted more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, it happens over time and which is one of the things I, I try to remind people when they, I met a woman this summer at the wild goose festival and she was really struggling because she wasn't deconstructing as fast as she thought she should, which is an interesting oh, place man. to be. And I remember just feeling the anxiety from her. I just yeah. said, Hey, can you just take a breath for a second? And I just want to give you the, you don't need it from me, but I feel like you need somebody to tell you, you have the permission to take the time you need to take. to tell you how you can help thanks be to pod podcasting is super expensive and we rely on the financial support of our listeners to make the show possible so if you want to help us out you can go to thanks be to pod.com slash support or patreon.com slash thanks be to pod now i have a super big confession to make this is about the 20th time i've tried to record this ad and i failed every time for some reason on a monday at whatever time it is 7 30 i'm just unable to speak sentences coherently so i'm going to stop while i'm ahead and just say we could really use your help to make the podcast happen so check out patreon.com slash thanks be to pod or thanks be to slash support welcome back to our episode of pass the plate 
with Josh Scott from Grace Point Church. Before the break, we were talking about Josh's transition from Kentucky to Grace Point, and this quickly spiraled Josh and I into discussing how you sustainably fund a progressive church. There's this moment where you realize that all the ways we've talked to people about contributing before don't work, which are if you don't do this, then you're going to go to hell or God's going to give you a flat tire or you know, you're going to get sick or what, like all those things that you, you know, you tend to grow up with. And so when you remove fear and manipulation from the table, it really shifts why people should give. Because if I don't give, nothing bad will probably happen to me. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That wasn't going to happen to me anyway. So being able to help people find new motivations. And I think that's still some work we have to do in the progressive Christian church is figure out how to make our work sustainable. Um, So, because I think it needs to happen, right? I mean, I think it needs to go on and, it's a central vital piece of the future of the Christian church. And so there are lots of us thinking about that. And I I have not heard anybody who has the great answer yet. All right. So I've got to be honest. Usually when it comes to money and progressive church, I turn into my most cynical self, which Nate can attest is a pretty hard Colby to get to. But Josh, I mean, Josh has me so hopeful that we could actually pull this off. The work we want to do, which I know you want to talk about it some, uh, the work we want to do is it's not going to happen without investment. So, um, you know, being able to keep that front and center, because I know it's not really exciting or sexy to talk about, hey, we just like to have electricity, right? But when you think about what the community can do in the world, and where, you know, every dollar and something I think about often is every dollar that gets contributed to our community could have an impact in the world for good. And so how do we make sure that people know that? And how do we make sure that it's being funneled into that kind of work? So throughout the process of preparing for this episode, Grace Point seemed so legit to me at every corner, whether it was when I was leaving the Sunday service of theirs that I attended whether it was during my interview with Josh for the episode, or even just sitting here at my computer, sifting through the recording of that interview, picking out the clips that I want to share with you, I just kept finding myself so fascinated with how well this community was developing. And I would text Nate at every step along the way and share with him, surely there's something I haven't found yet, right? I I can't imagine a church actually meeting all the criteria on my checklist. Now, here is some context for you. This interview with Josh and I about Grace Point happened in September of 2019. And I am just now finally getting to share this with you all. At this point in time, even Nate has not gotten to hear the tape from Josh and I's conversation. Now, that being said, I thought it'd be fun to have Nate follow up with me on what my relationship to Grace Point is now. All Nate knows is that back in September, I really liked it and would reach out to him and tell him how fascinated I was with it and said it's something that I could see a lot of progressive Christians in Nashville, Tennessee being a part of. Okay, so as you can tell, I have not been a very big part of this episode because I don't live in Nashville, Tennessee, so I didn't. I did not have the privilege of going to Grace Point. Um, I 
will say that I w- discovered Grace Point, at least on the internet. Col- Colby told me about Grace Point, and then I went and looked at it on the internet, and I saw this wonderful ad uh, for Grace Point uh, and this video. Quick context for you. The video that Nate is talking about right here is the video that I played you audio from at the beginning of this episode. Now, if you want to see the visuals that go along with it, go ahead to Grace Point's website, gracepoint.net. And check out the video for yourself, but make sure that you come back here and finish the episode afterwards. I was like, oh my gosh, this this kind of church exists. And so I am super jealous that Colby was able to go and be a part of Grace Point. Colby, though, um, the last time you were in a church, before you, uh, before you went to Grace Point, the last time you were in a church was uh, your little United Methodist church that you were being a pastor in. And then you go to Grace Point. Did you feel like this was whiplash. Gosh, I, it was definitely immensely different. What is interesting is that like the attitudes of the people there were not very different, but the style, um, the style of the service and the things that you see, um, the diversity of the congregants. Yes, totally whiplash there. Um, Sermon wise, you know, I'm I'm pretty biased because I was the one preaching at the the church prior. So, um I'd like to think that I I preach similarly to Josh, but Josh has a very elegant but casual way uh, of teaching that really keeps everyone on the hook it seems. I'm wondering if Grace Point, if having been there, are you like why doesn't this exist everywhere? Like what makes Grace Point exists in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I I started asking that question immediately, which is um, kind of why I started asking more practical questions to Josh about how they exist. It's interesting because it's this sort of Grace Point is this sort of like resurrection story out of the ashes of evangelicalism comes this like progressive community in Nashville. And so it's interesting to think about, like, do churches have to kind of be torn down to their bare bones and then built back up more theologically sound than we once thought they were? Or can they just kind of pop up? And if they can pop up, why aren't they? And what's holding them back? And why can't we have these everywhere? Because it sounds like everyone's asking for them. Right. And Grace Point went through like this real transformative process, right? Like it wasn't always what it right. is today. You've been very vocal, at least as we've started the podcast, that like you've enjoyed your ability to go get brunch and not go to church on Sunday. And finding yes. a church like Grace Point, a church that is very progressive, it sort of ticks off all of these boxes. I'm wondering, like, since this trip, the, the, since this podcast episode, since you went and you sort of were existed in Grace Point for for this, have you been back? Like, have you gone back to Grace Point again? Yes, I, I've been back a few times. Um, looking at the stint of time between uh, going for this episode and now, which is a fair, fairly decent length of time, uh, I've only been back a couple times. Uh, but yeah, I have I have gone back occasionally. But I did see you put on Instagram last Sunday that um you had gotten up to go to church and then you were like, ah, nah, I'm not going Yeah. Back. Yeah. Not so going. that is 
the like struggle for me right now is physically leaving my house on Sunday mornings is becoming increasingly difficult to me. And it's not because I don't want to go, but it's because I'm aware that I don't have to. And then there's also resources now for like, if I'm going to Grace Point just for Josh's sermons, they put them out in podcast form. Yeah, maybe this is like an inherent problem with Sure. I don't know. I guess I guess this is like um something that only millennial a millennial problem. Getting the sermons. You can get the sermons online, so what's the point? So I, I do think though that what from what I see on Instagram and, and on social media that Grace Point tries to do a lot more stuff outside of the Sunday morning. Right. And to and to just circle back a little bit more too, it's I think a lot of us go to church because we want to connect with like-minded individuals to us and find this sense of community with people. Um, and so you like, for me as someone who like has more social anxiety than I let on, I like show up and I'm like, I, I choose to go because I want those interactions with people. And then I show up and I'm too nervous to ever interact with anyone. And then I go home, you know? And so, <laughs> so it's this sort of like, am I going to make the effort to go? And once I'm there, if community is the thing that I'm looking for, what's it going to take to make me actually talk to someone? Because like we just said, I can get the content of the service from the comfort of my house. So it's these additional add-ons that really are what we have to start trying for when we're in the space, I guess. Yeah. So are you going to try or are you just going to keep walking out and going? <laughs> Stay every now tuned, and I guess. I do. <laughs> so, so you mentioned that Grace Point does a lot of like midweek programming and I'm, I'm pretty interested in getting mm-hmm. involved with that. I know there's one there's like a small group of sorts launching in the neighborhood that I live in. And so I'm kind of mm-hmm. a, allegedly I'm on a list where they're going to contact me when that one actually starts up. So I've been kind of awaiting oh. that. And, and maybe that's another yeah. moment where I just need to kind of rip the bandaid and go join a different one that's already functioning instead of just using that as a crux or an excuse to, to not be a part of one yet. From what I know of Grace Point, having been a distant observer, it seems like a great community. It seems like a community that you, I know that like when you went and you came back, you texted me and you were like, I think I might actually do Grace Point. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know that's a good thing because I know you and I know that like when it comes to a breakfast burrito and Grace Point or <laughs> church, you know, you're, you're kind of like, um, those are, pretty much equal. So if there is a moment where you might actually consider doing Grace Point over or a church over a breakfast burrito, it must be a pretty good. Yeah. And you should know. Anyway, I drive past my fair share of breakfast burritos to get to Grace Point. (laughs) So this is self-controlled to the max when I get into those seats. So before we take you back to my conversation with Josh, I wanted to give you a little bit of insight there is a drop in audio quality here. This was one of my first interviews during my time as a podcaster. And so, of course, my memory card fills up on my field recorder and I have no spares with me. And so Josh graciously lets me pivot to the voice memos app on my Apple iPhone. Hashtag not a sponsor. 
And we kept moving with that. The two things Grace Point is known for. One is is deconstructing theology, right? And and offering a more compassionate, humane um, way of seeing God, the Bible, the whole, the whole story, a better a better narrative, I think. And I think um, I hope we continue to do that. I hope we continue to do our advocacy for the LGBTQ community uh, and inclusion and. But the other things I'm thinking about are, you know, I have a really strong sense that I want to see Grace Point lean into discussions around um, anti-racism and um, combating white supremacy, mm-hmm. um, discussions around how we can um, do practical good work right here in our own community uh, for those, for example, who are experiencing homelessness. Uh, we have people in our community who work with that, and I, I want to see that being brought to the fore front of our community, um, doing work with com- people like um, a friend of mine um, who runs an organization called Bloodwater. Yeah. Uh, Dan Hasseltine. Mm-hmm. Dan is going to be at Grace Point in November talking about how we can partner with them on the development side uh, for uh, helping communities that are, you know, trying to uh, with, affected by HIV AIDS and okay. how we can help the development process uh, so that they can work. So there's just so many of those things. So I guess where I would say, and also just issues, I mean, we've spoken out about issues lately um, on the inhumanity, uh, the southern border uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this this uh, worship of guns and violence in our country that is just so problematic. Um, so I think there are all those areas of practical like, I think there's a certain point where I, I want to talk about theology. I love it. Like, I'll nerd out all day long. But there's a certain point where it's like we have to begin to incarnate this path of Jesus. And that looks like standing with the oppressed, standing with the marginalized, being a voice for the voiceless. And when I think about where I hope Grace Point is, uh, I hope Grace Point is moving to a place, and I think we are, where we are ready to step in and play our part in the broader story of trying to make the world a more just and generous place. And so however long I get to be a part of this, which I hope is a really long time, I hope my contribution is just to say, hey, look, we've got really good theology. We see the world through this lens, uh, this lens of progressive Christianity. Now let's start actually doing something with it. What does it look like to embody this story in the world? Um, and so I hope we're just helping give people really practical opportunities to live out their faith in their everyday life. Yeah, I've got a good friend uh, named Fred who I was in divinity school with, and I love theology, too, and can nerd out about it, talk about it all night. Um, And Fred always was really frustrated with our theology classes. And so everyone would be like, why do you hate these classes so much? And he would always say, like, we're just talking about how to do the things that we say we should do (laughs) instead of just doing them. And, And he was this sort of practical on the ground. He's doing hospital chaplaincy now, right? This sort of person that's dedicated to actually doing the work that the church is always talking about needing to do. Yep. Um, I think there's a both end there. We have to at some point talk about it. Yeah. But I think we get stuck in the talking and being able to actually begin to carry it out. I've got a friend who every time somebody says the phrase raising awareness, he like gets ticked. It's like <laughs> we just should stop raising awareness and do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's something to it, right? So I, I think we have to, con- you know, we'll continue to offer opportunities for people to deconstruct at Grace Point. That's just who we are. But I hope in the process we're also equipping people to begin to embody an alternative vision for what it means to be a Christian in the Bible Belt in the 21st century. Yeah. Because I think there's a better way to do it. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs>
I loved my time with Josh, and I hope you did too. To me, Grace Point is a beacon of hope, working hard at an ethical and just embodiment of church in the Nashville community. But they are not done yet. They have a rich vision for 2020 that involves not just talking about injustice, but confronting it as well. And I believe you could find a home at Grace Point if you find yourself located in the Nashville area. If you want to stay informed on the happenings of Grace Point, check them out at gracepoint.net or on Instagram at gracepointtn. And if you'd like to keep up with Josh's sermons from Grace Point, they do upload them in podcast form to most podcasting platforms. Just search Grace Point Church Nashville TN. Because this is an episode on church in our first ever episode of Pass the Plate, I'm going to let Josh take us out with a benediction of sorts. If you don't know, benediction just means a blessing from a speaker to listeners. If you have a background attending church, you know that benedictions usually come at the end of a service. Yeah, and I'm, I'm increasingly finding the language of reconstruction um, clunky because I think what's... So you deconstruct and you reconstruct. What's going to happen to that? Is it right. now the full and final <laughs> finished? Uh, if it is, we've got more problems. Right. right? So mm-hmm. the, there's actually an image that for me has come to work and be more meaningful is the image of like a garden. Um, so um, the house I just moved out of, we built uh, a little box garden and I unsuccessfully tried to grow things. Right. right? <laughs> but from year to year, one of the things that happened was you would have all this stuff that was left over, all these little bits of plants and all this, the vegetables that didn't make or whatever. And what you do with that is you just till it back up. Okay. And you allow that to sort of compost. Mm-hmm. And so last, what, what died last year and is no longer useful, no longer edible, yeah. no like it becomes the nutrients for next year. Gosh, yeah. And I think there's something too, like, so I don't have to just say everything about my past was wrong and it's terrible. No, it got me from where I was, it, like it taught me about faith in some ways. It taught me stories. It taught me a beginning point. And so what that becomes now is is not just something I have to get rid of and be embarrassed about. It's sort of the nutrients that lead me into the next phase. And if I try to eat last year's crop this year, like it's not going to work. But if I allow last year's crop to produce, feed something new, it can be life-giving. And that's how I'm trying to see it now. Because I went through, I don't know about everybody who listens to this podcast, but I went through a really angry period of time where I was just ticked off that nobody told me this stuff when I was 12 or when I was in Sunday school and being scared, you know, to go to sleep at night because I didn't want to die and go to hell. Because I grew up in a tradition before we became Southern Baptists. That's when we became liberals. Yeah, we grew up free will Baptist, and, oh, and wow. then we became the liberal Southern Baptist. And free will Baptist, you could lose your salvation like your car keys. Um, and so there was a lot of terror in my life, and there was a part of me for when I first started kind of reformulating my faith that I was just mad that I had to live with this fear all this time. And so I, I get it, but learning to see it as something that actually I would not be who I am if that hadn't been part of the story. Thanks Be to Pod is hosted by myself, Colby Long, and Nate Dove. You can learn more about what we do and make a donation by going to thanksbetopod.com. And until next time, this has been the word of Pod for the people of Pod. Thanks Be to Pod. 